This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter. It's the best blood glucose meter my daughter has ever used. And when I say best, I mean it's the most accurate one that we've ever used. It's the handiest blood glucose meter that we've ever used. It's got the greatest test strips that even allow a second chance sampling. And it has an app to help you make sense of all the data. All of you may not have a continuous glucose monitor, but you are testing, and that data is important. Let Contour Next One help you with their app. Check them out, contournextone.com, where you can click on the links in the show notes or the ones you'll find for this episode at juiceboxpodcast.com. After you get yourself a new meter, you're going to want to head over to touchedbytype1.org. Touched by Type 1's mission is to elevate awareness of type 1 diabetes, to raise funds to find a cure, and to inspire those with diabetes to thrive. I'll tell you more about the Contour Next One blood glucose meter and Touched by Type 1 a little later in the show. Samantha's back. Samantha is really pregnant at this point. This is her third time on the show. She came on after her first trimester, after her second trimester, and now as she's getting ready to deliver. Find out how the pregnancy's been going, and it turns out Samantha has one big fear. You'll find out what that is. Programming note for those of you who listen with your children, we're going to speak about perineal massage at some point, and we're going to read the steps for it. So it's clinical, but, you know, we use all the words. Please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Please always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Hey, if you haven't heard Samantha's first two episodes, the first one is she is having a baby first trimester. That's episode 259. Second trimester is at 285. And this, of course, is episode 310 of the Juice Box podcast. Thank you for listening. And hey, I just got back from Atlanta. Thanks to everyone who came out. I love seeing that big full room. You guys were terrific. Good morning. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Um, yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I perhaps overcommitted a little bit on the uh, public speaking, but I'm doing Oh, good. yeah. Tired? I got sick on the last flight. And, oh no! And I um, I had this situation where I was in Dallas, and it was a it was a quick turnaround on a long flight, and so I left my house at nine a.m. Saturday morning and returned home at one a.m. Sunday night. So oh. Monday morning. Yeah. And then I had to get up in the morning and go to like a long dentist appointment at 10 a.m. <laughs> and while I was sitting in the dentist chair, I thought, my throat feels weird. Oh, gosh. I started remembering the coughing kid on the plane. And I was like, hmm. Yeah. So uh, I was like, I'll be okay. Because, Sam, here's the thing you don't know about me. I don't get sick. So, <laughs> like, my dad says that, too, until he gets sick. No, no. It really, like, I will get sick. You know, don't get me wrong. Like, it, it'll be 10 o'clock at night, and I'll be like, wow, I have a fever. I don't feel well. And I'll go to bed and wake up in the morning. I'm like, oh, illness over. Like, it's, oh, it's, it's like yeah. that quickly. So, you know, I'm like, okay, my my throat's a little scratchy. This won't get me. The next day and the next day, and then, like, the third day afterwards, I raised my voice, and then I, I lost my voice. Oh. And I was, like, seven days away from... Sorry, the music's playing. Uh, I was like seven days away from having to go to Atlanta, which is now I leave for Atlanta in like three days, and I couldn't speak at all. Oh, gosh. Well, you sound, <laughs> you don't back. sound like, yeah. My body wasn't putting up with that. Yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, my jeans <laughs> we have are, a job to do. <laughs> my jeans are a mess otherwise, but I am, I don't get sick for very long. But I was in a bit of a panic because I thought, yeah. I thought oh, my gosh, this whole Atlanta thing is – it's built around my being there. Like there's four, oh. there's four sessions that I'm in. There's not that many sessions. Yes. Yeah, so I was like, yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm in trouble. So I, I was real quiet for a couple of days. I didn't talk much. My wife was like, this is amazing. All right. <laughs> Everybody's funny, you know? Um, 
Anyway, you're super preggers now. How's it going? I am. I'm I'm good. I it's three weeks from today that he will be here if he doesn't decide to come earlier. So are you being induced? Yeah, they're inducing me on the 17th of March. Oh, wow. Is that a day? Isn't the 17th of March something? Yeah, but it's also the only day my doctor is working the entire day. So I have to, it's it's St. Patrick's Day, but. <laughs> I was just thinking all the Catholics listening are like, yes, idiot. It's St. Patrick's Day. I'm just like, <laughs> that number's ringing true in my head for some reason. Um, Are you excited to have the baby on St. Patrick's Day if it happens? Or do you just don't care? It's just the day they had. Um, I, I mean, I'd rather it not be on a holiday, but, <laughs> but as long as, I mean, it's fine. I, cause it was really important that my doctor was the one that was there mm. to be the one to deliver. And so like, they're having me come in right after midnight on the 17th mm. and then cause she's like on call and then she's going to be in the office all day on the 17th. So well, that was the best chance to make sure she was there. Here's my thoughts. My brother was born a few days before Christmas, and he got screwed over every year because my parents would just go Christmas shopping. And then and birthday go, shopping. No, no, no. They would just go to his Christmas pile and pull out like two or three things and wrap oh. them as birthday presents. So the kid was getting less stuff. He was totally getting hosed. And now I'm thinking, what if your child, your son, grows up to be a bit of a drinker? I don't think I don't think we won his birthday on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Everyone says that he'll like it when he's older. Yeah. How much? And how much will you like it? Not a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's fine. It's... So I'm, I'm super interested in how, because I, I realized when we started doing this, like the first time we spoke, it was going to be you know, there was a lot there. Like you were getting, yeah. you were getting over a, a, a personal tragedy. You were pregnant again. You know, it was a lot of excitement and like, and you know, a little consternation, maybe a little worry. And then the second one's always like, that's the cruise control part of the pregnancy. Usually like that three to six month range, but um, I'm going to curse and then bleep it out. Shit gets real in the last three months, right? Yeah. So what's been <laughs> going on? I'm huge. That's <laughs> definitely and people keep saying how big I am and I'm tired all the time. It's really hard to sleep because especially in the last couple of weeks when he is like big enough in my stomach where he's like running out of room mm -hmm. at night, he likes to stretch. So it's like his butt is pushing on one part of my stomach and his feet are pushing on the other part of my stomach. So it's very hard to sleep because his feet are on my right side and I usually try to sleep on my right side, but then it's like he's poking me and then I try to turn over and he doesn't like that because like his whole body shifts and it's a lot. <laughs> it's, hard. it's hard to sleep with other people, whether they're outside of you or inside of you, apparently. Um, yeah. So, so are you able to move him or do you have to move yourself? Have you figured anything out or is there, it's just kind of fruitless? At night, I think I'm just too tired to deal with it. During the day, if he's doing the same thing, I will like push on him until he moves. Gotcha. And it, well, go sorry. ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I started to talk and then my brain was like, you have nothing to say. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My husband gets worried when I push on my stomach a lot, but I mean, he's fine. Yeah. Cause sometimes you like, you can't feel him at all. Like right now he's not awake. So I can't feel him at all. But like in a couple hours is when he usually wakes up and he'll be like poking inside and my stomach will look deformed because he's poking at two different sides of it. How do you find the, the commentary? Because I was thinking about it from my perspective. Sometimes you see uh, a pregnant woman who's clearly like towards the end. And yeah. it's nice. Like, it, like, oh my God, you're so big kind of means like the baby's coming or, you know, like something like that. But that's if you hear it once. What happens when every person who passes you is like, oh, my God, look how big you're like, how does it end up feeling? I don't mind much. The only thing that runs through my mind is like he has to get out of me. So stop saying that I'm like so big because that means he's so big. <laughs> the exit's not so big. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I'd rather him be like, oh, you, you look like a normal size. So. Yeah. He'll be normal, but he's already, he was measuring like perfect normal size up until 
like two weeks ago, we had our final ultrasound where they measure him mm-hmm. and his, his, um, his like body is measuring a little bit bigger. So have you ever been behind a tractor trailer on the highway and you're coming up on an overpass and you think, Oh my God, it's not going to make it. It's not going to make it. It goes right under and it's not a problem. Yeah, that's what everyone keeps telling me. That's, they tell me not to worry, but oh no, I would worry about it. I'm oh, just okay. saying. I'm just saying that from the, <laughs> you won't see that. You won't be behind the tractor trailer on the 17th. Um, but your husband's gonna have that feeling. He's gonna be like, "This isn't gonna work." There's no way. Yeah. Oh, look, the baby came out. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> really, does yeah. feel like that. Actually, tell him unless he's got a strong feeling about it, he should really probably stay up on your half of the of the game. Um, it's just. It's easier. Yeah, I don't know what he plans to do, actually. We haven't talked about that. I always just assumed he was going to be next to me because I'll need him to be there for me. But I I don't know. I wonder how that always goes because I felt like I was, well, with my first son, with my first son, like I have 17 sons. With my first (laughs) my son, when my son was born, my wife was in labor for quite a time. And Mm. at one point, I was trying to do all the things that I thought I was supposed to be doing, like comforting stuff. And it's, she's like, why don't you go get something to eat? Which I look back on now and I feel like she was like, what if he just got out of here for a little while? I'm <laughs> realizing, right? <clears throat> so back then I was younger and a Dorito was nothing. So I had a sandwich and a couple Doritos or something. I come back up. She goes into labor later and I have Dorito breath. <laughs> My wife will retell this story with the same anger that she had uh, on the day of my son's birth, she'll tell that story right now. It was just, I must, I was like, it's going to be okay. And she was like, oh my God, like get back. And so um, he's going to screw something up or perhaps he won't. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm excited to find out which happens. Like, I, like if he just, like, cru- or if you get irritated with even the support at some point, if you find it necessary, like it's a really interesting what happens in the moment. Are you thinking about epidural or what are you planning for? Touched by Type 1 has programs and services for those living with the daily reality of Type 1 diabetes. They offer a supportive community with many interactive programs and creative resources designed to empower one to thrive with Type 1. Programs like their annual conference, their awareness campaign, Bowl for a Cure, their dance program, Dancing for Diabetes, the big show every year. And they even have something they call a D-Box that they send out to newly diagnosed people. That conference, by the way, Touched by Type 1, it's on May 30th in Orlando, Florida. And I'm pretty certain I'm going to be speaking at it. I hope to see you there. Check that out and everything else they do at touchedbytype1.org. As soon as they can give it to me or as soon as it starts hurting. my I, Yesterday I was talking with the nurse and she was saying like, if you don't, feel anything and you're fine with the pain then you can always put it off and I was like no I want it written on something that you give me the epidural right away like I don't want to feel this <laughs> yeah I, I don't know if you understand how pain relief works but once you feel the pain it's too late <laughs> yeah and I was like I don't want to feel any pain so <laughs> I want it right away and it's, keep it coming it's 2020 lady <laughs> yeah no, no reason for mama to be like oh my gosh why is someone stabbing me <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I hear you. Oh my gosh. Well, I am okay. So, so the people talking to you really just makes you think about the delivery more than anything. Like you're not like, don't feel like a body image problem when they're saying like you're pregnant, you're supposed to look like that. Well, I have a double chin now, which I'm not used to. And that's the only thing that I have an issue with. That's fair. But other, I mean, other than that, that's a small thing. And it's not like I dwell on it all the time. It's just like, it's there. <laughs> and I know it. I know it's there. Not that I'm pregnant, but I have a double chin. And I daydream about having it altered. Oh, yeah. Monthly. (laughs) Monthly, I look in the mirror and I think, how hard would it really be to make a small incision here? Just whatever this is here, just take it out and pull the skin the tiniest bit. I owe that to myself. I I can't (laughs) afford it, but I feel like I'd be happier. Isn't that strange? No, no. I I mean, I think think it's something that everybody goes through. You're normal. I, I avoid taking photos sometimes because of it, which I don't have any other feeling about having myself photographed except for that. So, yeah. yeah. See, that's when I notice it the most in photos. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, we no more photos of me. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure everyone's like this. I look in the mirror and I think I'm having, I'm having a good day. And then I'll let someone take a picture. And I look at the picture. And I'm like, 
how is the person in the picture not the person in the mirror? Like, that's not, I mean, and not that it's like, it's so far off. <laughs> one of these things is lying. I don't know which one it is. hundred percent. And I think it's, I think it's anytime I look and think, I don't look so bad today. Must, yeah. The light must be right or something. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So we've got it. We've got a delivery date, but you're hoping that maybe he comes sooner. Um, um I kind of, well, not too much sooner. Cause I mean, I'm working up until like the 17th is a Tuesday and I'm working until that Friday before. It's interesting. So it's a little bit of a money thing too. Like you, you need him to stay in. It's a, it's a money thing. And it's a, like, I, otherwise I'd be sitting at home and what am I going to do at home? <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> you're about to find out because you're having a baby. <laughs> so. well, yeah. Then the baby will be here and I'll have things to do, but. You certainly will. Oh my gosh. I, uh, there was like a three year span where we'd watch the Academy Awards and just think, I heard about this movie. <laughs> oh gosh. I never really saw it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, um, I, so, okay. So you want like stay in a little bit, hoping maybe, do you prefer natural over being induced? Uh, no, I don't care. You don't care about that. It doesn't. Yeah. As long as I don't, I don't want a C-section. I, I really hope it doesn't turn into me having to get a C-section just because I don't want my stomach to get cut open yeah. and have to deal with the longer recovery. Mm -hmm. But other than that, then, yeah, induced or natural, whatever, whatever happens. <laughs> My son came out two weeks late. Yeah, usually with the first, he they at least stay in there full term. So I'm thinking that he'll probably make it unless something happens where they're going to, like, where they decide he needs to come early. Yeah, Arden needed a parachute on her on her due date. Like, she was just, like, coming out. Yeah. <laughs> just... We were, we were, our, uh, Kelly was going to be induced on Arden's due date. And the night before we're like packing up and getting ready. And it's like 1230. And she's like, I think my water just broke. Yeah. Oh, so we just she made it that long yeah, though. So she, we made it to the hospital and Arden came out a few, five, six hours later. We actually were just at uh, lunch the other day where my, was chastised, I was chastised again by my wife for not knowing the times my kids are born. Oh gosh! So my son's born in the early evening, and Arden's born in the early morning. But I mean, the exact number That's close enough. You would think. But I, I was really, <laughs> I was taken taken to the woodshed at this restaurant for not knowing. And then I start, then I start guessing. I'm like, I don't know, seven sixteen. Then my brain doesn't remember, so they'll ask me twenty minutes later, and I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I didn't know. Doesn't matter ago. now. <laughs> They're here. I'm taking a great job. Look at how good she's doing. I'm like, you're like, if it, if it really matters what time they're born, then we're only selling their celebrating their birthday at that time yeah. for a minute. <laughs> now I'll say this yesterday was my son's birthday. Uh, he, oh yeah. He turned 20 and it was the first day, his first birthday. We weren't with him on his birthday. Oh, it was more impactful than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I bet. And we saw him the day before he played baseball the day before and we went to see him, but it just, it kind of didn't feel the same, like not being there for some reason. So anyway, all that sadness you have to look forward to also. Yay. <laughs> Turns out when you love somebody, it hurts almost as much as it as it feels good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So how how's your diabetes been? Uh how's that been going? Right now, in the last couple of weeks, it's been a lot nicer to me than it has before. I went through like maybe a month span where I wanted to scream because my my insulin resistance kicked in. I was hoping that it wasn't. I thought I was going to get like, just going to be a miracle and I wasn't going to deal with that because everyone had said that it kicked in earlier for them and it wasn't happening for me. So I was like, maybe I skipped that part, right. but I didn't. I hit that and I was needing a lot more insulin and I was changing my Omnipod like every day and a half because mm -hmm. I was going through so much insulin. And I mean, I probably could have eaten less carby things and made it last longer, but I didn't really change the way I was eating. So I was going through my Omnipods like every day. We had that chin to feed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's there now, so you might as well take care of it. Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Give birth to that chin and then ignore it? That's not okay. Yeah. I'd have to call Dyfus on you for that. <laughs> um, so that was really, I felt like I was changing it like every second, which was crazy. Mm -hmm. 
And then, um, like one, this, I think the most frustrating part is that it doesn't like change, like your settings don't change and then they're good. It's like my settings were changing every day to something different than the day before. Mm-hmm. So it was really hard to like, like I would figure it out and then the next day it would just be completely different and then I would have to figure it out again. And that, that's the most frustrating part to me. That's probably, I'll have to ask Jenny at some point, but that's probably hormones because you're describing, yeah. you're describing like, like during like, like, um, I don't know, like a period situation or something like that where like one day it's, it's going this way. And then, you know, a couple hours later, you're like, oh, I got it. And then all of a sudden it, it heads in a completely different direction and it's tiring. Yeah. It's really tiring to keep up with. It is tiring. I mean, it's totally the pregnancy hormones. It has like, it probably has to do with something like he's growing or something. I don't know. Yeah. But Definitely, but it's happening. And that was the most frustrating part. Not that I was using so much insulin, just that like, I like it when, like, if it changed at one day, and it was like that for even like, even the next day, I would have been happy, but it was changing every single day, every hour, like, the morning of Wednesday was going to be different than the morning of Thursday. And it's just really exhausting. I feel that. Um, so you're using 200 units of insulin about in 36 hours for that amount of carbs. How much insulin do you think you should have been using in that 36 hour time period? Well, usually my pod, I'll, I'll be able to make the, the full three days. What is three days? Yeah. So you're doubling your insulin almost. Yeah. Wow. But and like my, my carb ratio is already pretty like, I've ever since I was diagnosed, my carb ratio has been kind of crazy. So I use a lot of insulin in general. Mm-hmm. So when I hit, when I need more insulin, it's just like a ton more. Did you, so you did it or did, was it hard to do sometimes? Like what is your carb ratio now? One to huh? one to four is my carb ratio when like pre-pregnancy. Yeah. Arden's is aggressive at like one and one to like seven and a half or something like that. Um, yeah, I, I've always been one to four. It's never, it wasn't, it's not like a pregnancy thing. It's like, since I've been diagnosed, it's been one to four and it works for me. So obviously it's right. Yeah. It's just when I'm needing more insulin on some days, it's like, I have, I, I use a lot of insulin. It's going to be scary. <laughs> is it? Well, I'm, I'm thinking for you, but is it scary to use that much? It was in the beginning. I've, I, especially during the pregnancy, I've gotten a lot more used to using more mm-hmm. and I don't, so I, I break up the bolus in the pod just because I worry about, like, I have problems with the pod leaking sometimes if I do too big of a bolus and I don't know if it's because of where I have it on me or it's probably something that I'm doing wrong. So I'll break it up, and that kind of fools my mind also into thinking that I'm not taking so much. Because, yeah, you're looking at, like, for 45 carbs, you're looking at, like, 11 units or more. Yeah. One one for four. So you mean you could have had a 45-carb meal and been doing 25 units? Yeah. 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 Jesus. That must have been that, that does there are people right now who have kids that are just like, wait, what? Yeah, because yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And that's why I always find it so interesting to hear other people's carb ratios and settings because mine are so aggressive that it's just like it's so interesting. Yeah, Arden's I, I would say that to get eleven units into Arden would be for something pretty carbtastic in the eighty to ninety. Maybe the, maybe the 70 to 80 carb ratio. Oh, yeah. yeah and, and that's, you know, I, she does not very frequently eat more than 60, 70 carbs at a sitting. Unless, yeah. unless it ends up being something like crazy, like a waffle and it has, you know, syrup. On yeah. Like that. But, but every day. And, and so what, what I wanted to kind of talk to you about a little bit is that from all of the other people I've spoken to, adult women who have had babies – as hard as this part is right here, uh, as far as your management goes, the the real time to be vigilant and for somebody looking in from the outside to like maybe be a little more concerned is going to be the after part. Yeah, and that's and that's what my the nurse was talking to me about yesterday too. She was just because everyone says like 
she was saying that my, my needs are going to go back to pre-pregnancy pretty quick after he's out of me, which right now in the last two weeks, I have been doing my pre-pregnancy setting. So I haven't um, needed as much insulin as the month before, like previous, mm-hmm. which has been nice because everything's been more steady and I've been able to keep things in my range easier. Yeah. But I hear breastfeeding drops you fast. Okay. I didn't, that's interesting that I didn't, that I didn't hear what I was thinking about more is you're going to be tired and the baby is going to suddenly seem more important than anything else. And that there's a concern where where people stop paying close enough attention to their blood sugars and stuff like that. Yeah. And I, my, the nurse was telling me because she knows me because she, it's the nurse that went through our previous pregnancy and then I see her all the time now. Mm -hmm. So she knows that I'm a little bit crazy with my management. And so she was telling me like that I need to kind of relax a little bit because she's worried about, I think she's more worried. I had a whole kind of argument with her like a month ago because she thought my A1C was too low. And I was trying to explain to her that I didn't go low so it's okay that my A1C was on the lower side because I wasn't having any hypos. Right. And she was very adamant that that like that it was just too low because I think she's used to dealing with different kinds of people. Mm-hmm. And so I think she's just worried about me going low and being with a baby and not fixing it and then something bad happening, which I understand. Yeah. But... So I have to say something from a more theoretical standpoint. And let's keep in mind, A, I don't have type 1 diabetes, and B, I'm not a lady. Uh, C, I could not give birth. But D, I did take care of uh, two newborn children. Like my, you know, joking, mm-hmm. joking and no joking aside, like somewhere in the mix in the middle, my wife's job is to go to work, make babies, yeah. and hand me the babies. You, you know what I mean? So it, not that she's not involved, but... You know, the overnight stuff, you know, that kind of stuff is, I know what it's like to raise a newborn is what I'm saying. Yeah. And and so from everything I've seen doing this podcast and everything I've heard from hearing from people who do well or struggle or vice versa, I sort of think that in the, in the vein of bumping and nudging, the bigger concern would be letting it get away from you. Yeah. Right. Because like management obviously takes a little focus, mm-hmm. but not managing takes way more time. It's going to make your blood sugar higher. A person like you is not going to feel well with their blood sugar higher. Yeah. And that's going to just create different problems. Like I don't understand the idea of trading a possible problem for definite problems. Yeah. And that's what my husband said yesterday when I was telling her, telling, sorry, telling him what she said. I wish he was a her, because then you wouldn't have this baby inside of you, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I told I told him, like, she was, like, telling me if I go over 200, then it's okay, like, you'll correct and, and it'll come down. Ooh, I'm sorry, hold on. I lost, I lost the earphone. Um, and that my, hus- my husband's reaction was, well, if you go anywhere near 200, you're going to feel like, Turn. like, you're not gonna, yeah, you're gonna feel terrible. So that's not gonna help you any. So we'll see. It's gonna be an adjustment. And I'll probably I'll probably mess up somewhere along the way. It's good. But. All, all I'm saying is that it's not that you're gonna mess up, it's that you're adding a layer of responsibility, concern, and like love and affection that you at this moment, and I don't mean this pejoratively, but I also try not to use too many big words that I know while I'm doing the podcast, but I don't mean, I don't mean this poorly, uh, but people are like, is this guy smarter than he says he is? Maybe, maybe <laughs> I am. Okay. And, uh, but the, the concept here would be, you don't know what it's like to have a baby. I know you yeah. think you do. You Right now, you know what it's like to be pregnant. That kid's going to come out. It's going to hit you so deep in your heart. It's going to change everything you care about in a split second. Yeah. And you're going to value your own health less as as soon as it feels like valuing his health comes first. I sat in a doctor's office yesterday um, because my back has been a bit of an issue and I have plantar fasciitis in one of my feet. Right. 
And so it sucks because my ankle gets stiff. I can't run when I can't run. I can't work out when I can't work out. My back gets stiff or I'm, you know, in this cycle. So I go to a place where they offer physical therapy and chiropractic stuff and like this whole kind of like wellness center. And I'm in there going like, just let me go to the chiropractor guy. And they're like, no, if you do two weeks of physical therapy too, like we'll get you back to where you need to be and you can keep going. And I'm like, yeah, I don't have time for that. And the guy's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I just, I don't have time. And he's a younger guy, you know, he's a married man, but he doesn't have kids. And I'm explaining to him, like, man, you don't understand. Like, I have a job. Like, this this podcast is a job. It takes up a lot of time. It doesn't make a ton of money, but it makes enough money to help me send my son to college. And this is how much college costs every week. And and this is what my mortgage is and my bills. And, you know, and I have to support my wife who's making the lion's share of the money that's taking care of all these things. And I have a daughter who has type 1 diabetes. She has hypothyroidism. She's been struggling with um, muscle stiffness and other problems. She just had a surgery to have this thing taken out. I'm like, you don't get it, man. I'm like, I'm not a person. Yeah. I'm a facilitator. And then at the end, if there's anything left, that's when I'm a person. And the guy's like, that's wrong. And I was like, no, I know. And I completely agreed with you on that right until I had a kid. And, and so like, you know, theoretically for all single people listening, you're right. I need to value myself and make more time and all that stuff. But when you're in the fight, you know, when people are shooting, that's not how it goes anymore. So, um, I just want to caution you against that because you, you have a different layer with diabetes. And yeah, I feel like course. if Arden was about to have a baby, this is what I'd be saying to her that I, you should learn from me and value yourself enough that you can find strike a better balance than what our monkey minds do once we have kids, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is just like, go like, Oh, I'm going to just die sooner. As long as he's okay, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And that's probably something I'll struggle with because I already see myself. Like when we babysit my, um, my nephew more than my niece because my niece is older, mm-hmm. but my nephew is four. Like I, I notice that when I'm taking care of him, I kind of don't because I'm con- like the person that constantly checks my Dexcom, mm-hmm. and every five minutes I know what my blood sugar is because I like if it changed for whatever reason I need to know so I can stay on top of it because that's just who I am. I Probably not the most healthy, but oh no, you're probably insane. But I'm I'm listening. Yeah, and but I but I understand that I'm insane, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but when I, like I'm watching him, I don't really pay attention to it as much, and then my alarm will go off, and I'm like, oh okay, I need to do something. Where are your alarms set? Um, right now I have my alarm set at eighty and one twenty, so it's it they alarm when I have time to do things, but. Yeah. Also, if I'm 80 and running around with a four-year-old, then I could be 60 in the next five minutes. Right, right. So it's something that I'm going to have to figure out. Yeah, it's 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 going to be different, right? You're gonna, yeah. You're going to have to. You've now known what it's like to be have type one and not be a parent, and now you're going to find out what it's like to have type one and be a parent. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe stability at a slightly higher number than you're accustomed to maybe will be the way to get through the first number of months. And I'm I'm not also saying like for the rest of your life, because that's the other thing is that if you think your diabetes has changed a lot over the last number of months, day to day, like, wait, do you see what happens? Like, you know, there's a, a stretch of time where the baby's just like a, you know, a, a drinking pooping machine mm-hmm. like that. But once that stops, it's just like, I don't know. It just feels like you're on a roller coaster constantly going down a hill and then one day it flattens out and they leave for college. You know, so the rest of it is going to change frequently and it's it's going to happen so quickly. You're not going to notice it happening sometimes. So, you know, if you can't be fluid uh, and be a parent, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I'm saying I think your management, like if you chose a slightly higher number to stay stable at and that benefited you, not saying that even that's your answer, but if that's what you choose, it's not going to need to stay like that for long before your life's going to shift and you could probably shift along with it. Yeah. Which is, I'm sure. I mean, I'm thinking that because I've heard that your hormones are still all wacky and will mess with your settings and your insulin needs, like in the entire time you're breastfeeding up to just 
and then after you're done breastfeeding, because your body still needs to adjust to being normal again. So I assume it's going to be crazy for a while. And a, a wild ride, to say the very least. And I'll just have to do my best. And name, and remind us again what the what the uh, little man is going to be called when he gets a name. Harrison. Harrison, that's one hundred percent correct. Yeah. Uh, after Harrison Ford, in case any of you missed. <laughs> and by the way, if you missed the second episode, what are you doing? This Sam's given her time. Sam's came on, right when you found out you were pregnant, mm-hmm. right? and then at at the end of the trimesters, and now we're right ready for the birth, and you're going to come on once more. Um, yeah. When I after the baby, and uh, here's what I expect the last episode of yours to go like. Sam, ready? Watch this. I don't know. I just I I want I don't please someone <laughs> someone help me. We ate the cat. We didn't mean to. Um, you know, <laughs> we didn't even have a cat before the baby. Yeah, we got a cat. I don't know where it came you know, from. Somebody said uh, toxic shock, so we ate the cat. And uh, I don't I don't know what to do. Uh, 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 we're thinking of having another baby. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, watch all this stupid stuff that happens to you now. Really, really excellent. I, uh, listen, having children to me is is one of those things that you could put me on a dais and say, Scott, I want you to spend the next hour arguing against having children, and I could do it fervently and mean every word I'm saying. And then you could <laughs> move me to the other side of the stage and say, Scott, I now want you to argue for having children, and I could rebut everything I was saying, and I'd be right on both sides of the stage. So. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Really start looking back at what kind of a child you were uh, and your husband was, because trust me, therein is going to lie what's about to happen to you somewhere. Um, well, from all the stories, my husband was a little perfect angel. So Did his, did his mom tell those stories? Yeah. Yeah, you need someone else to tell those stories. Um, well, I believe it. He's very good now, so. Yeah. Maybe. I'm just hoping it continues on through the generations. So if you told stories about your husband, they'd all be like super positive about what a great guy he is. Well, yeah, mostly. He's a great guy. All right. All right. Well, then maybe you're going to get lucky here. <laughs> Some people's kids are nice. but Some people. I mean, I'm sure I'll think my kid is wonderful. So oh, isn't that all that matters? I don't know if you'll think that or not. Like, So I'm wondering now, I'm super intrigued now to all the mothers that are listening like, I wish I could hear all their thoughts at the same time, because right now they're like, you know, the first one's nice, but the second one's kind of a. The very first thing you're going to notice when you go to contournextone.com is a yellow button at the top that says, get a free contour next one meter. Just give it a little click. And when you do that, you're one step closer to the most accurate, handy blood glucose meter my daughter has ever had. So get started today with the Contour Next One Smart Meter and their Contour Diabetes app. You're going to discover that smart blood glucose testing with the Contour Next One Meter and the Contour Diabetes app is just what you've been looking for. Get to that link, scroll down, fill out a little bit of information, find out if you're eligible for that free meter, and get started today. If you don't want to do that, you can just ask your endocrinologist at your next appointment. Say, hey... Come on, I've been using this meter right here forever. I think the thing's been on the market for, you know, a million years. I don't know how accurate this is. Is this the latest, greatest technology in blood glucose metering? I don't believe so. But I'm hearing that the Contour Next One might be worth a looky-loo. Your endocrinologist will probably say, I don't know why you're saying looky-loo, it's not 1924. And then they'll write you a prescription and get the thing yourself. That's it. Get some test strips, a new meter, you're on your way whole new life with accurate tests don't forget to if you hit that blood drop once and you don't get a you know the the beep with the contour next one you can go back in and go again without affecting the accuracy so you don't have to waste that test strip if you don't get it right the first time it's got a great little light for doing it in the dark and this little neat system with like colors and arrows that shows you if your blood sugars in the range that you've preset you got to check it out contournextone.com I'm super intrigued now to all the mothers that are listening. Like, I wish I could hear all their thoughts at the same time, because right now they're like, you know, the first one's nice, but the second one's kind of a <laughs> Then, like, <laughs> it just, it really does, uh, it's interesting. Like, uh, my wife and I were talking last night. Um, my son had a, uh, his very first start at college, and they, his team was getting, like, they they were really putting it, like, getting it put to them. They They had 
maybe two hits the whole game. But my son was putting the ball in play, like hitting the ball hard. He just kept hitting it at people. And even just hitting the ball seemed like an accomplishment in that moment. But it was certainly not the excite, exciting debut I think he was hoping for in his second season. You know, like nobody plays in their freshman season. And if you get on the field in the first game in the sophomore year, that's pretty exciting for you. Yeah. And and so there's a doubleheader. And after the first game, he comes over. We brought some food for him. And he comes over. And as he's walking towards us, my wife and I are like, how's this going to go? Like, is he happy that he's pl- – like? that he's reached this goal. Is he going to be upset at how the last, you know, hour and a half didn't go is like probably the way he had diagrammed it in his head. Like, where's this going to be? And we knew for certain that the year before he would have walked up to us and been disappointed and probably aggravated to some degree. But instead a completely different person walked up to us. And we had to admit when he walked away that as good of a kid as he was prior, um, he had matured a lot in the last year in some ways that we had not seen because he's been away at school. Sometimes Uh, his reactions were just measured and thoughtful. And we were like, Oh my gosh. And he walks away. And my wife's like, wow, that one really worked out. (laughs) And Warden's (laughs) sitting right there and she's like, yo, (laughs) (laughs) and we're like, no, you're doing fine too. Just like we did. Only time will tell with you. (laughs) We're just like, he's, starting to look like he's not going to ever rob a bank. Like maybe we can sit back a little bit and feel pretty good about what's happened here. You know, I don't know, but you know, but last night going to bed, I still felt like, I can't believe we didn't, you know, we didn't see him on his birthday more than just like a FaceTime, you know, for a few minutes and yeah, a couple of text messages. So I definitely don't want to be trite, but I have not found any better way to say it. It really does go fast. You know, mm-hmm. so just to try to enjoy it. And if you can big picture once in a while, it helps on the really slow days that are mind numbing. <laughs> there are going to be a lot of days where you just start questioning your existence. You're like, why am I here? Even what am I doing? Oh, gosh. <laughs> kid's no bigger. Doesn't look any different than yesterday. <laughs> All he's doing is sitting there crying. Like I, if he was an egg, at least I could just turn a lamp on him and go out. But, you know. It's illegal to leave them by themselves. <laughs> in the fifties, you could put a kid in a crib and go outside. No one cared. <laughs> Nowadays, that'll get you locked right up. So, uh, I just I'm. So, what do you expect? You have expectations now. Are you, are you clear minded about what you think is about to happen? Of like when he's actually here yeah. or what do you think it's going to be like to be a mom? Like I want to match this up against what it ends up exhausting. Um, I don't know. I guess I don't really have, I'm just more worried about him like getting out. <laughs> wait, wait, say that again. Get like escaping. Getting, he's getting out of me. Like, I just oh, don't... oh, oh, I thought you meant like the house. I thought no, you meant like, I don't want to no. fall asleep and have that kid wander off someday. No, I'm like, I haven't got farther than that. I'm like, I worry, I worry that he's not going to be able to fit into his clothes because he's going to be, I'm, I think I'm making him a lot bigger in my head than he's going to be. At least I hope so. <laughs> Did they give you an estimate of how big they think he's going to be? Well, last, when was that? It was either two weeks ago or it was last Monday, whenever the holiday was. Mm-hmm. So it was last Monday. He was measuring at Six pounds, ten ounces, which is bigger than he should have been measuring <laughs> for well, my comfort. For your comfort, but okay. So, so how tall are you? I'm five nine. All right, so you're a taller person. Yeah. How are your hips? Are they narrow? <laughs> I see my my OB told me that I'm tall and I have wide hips, so I sh- I'll be okay. But that doesn't assure me any. <laughs> Oh, it absolutely shouldn't. Listen, um, but my wife is 5'9", and my son was 7'11", when he was born, 7'10", maybe. So is your kid going to pack on another pound in the next three weeks? I, that's what I'm worried about. If he's if he's not, if he's 8 is like the max I'm okay with, but I'm worried he's going to be over 8. No, just... you, let me do some math here. Three more weeks, blah, blah, blah. I bet she's 7'4", maybe. I bet yeah. it's going to be like that. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, I have, keep in mind, no medical training whatsoever. <laughs> but we'll go with it. But I'm just trying to make you feel better. I don't think, I don't think that's not doable. 
Well, of course it's not it's doable, but can I ask a delicate question? And there's going to be a lot of bleeps in this, so feel free to answer. But okay. prior to this, your wasn't like super tiny or something, was it? <laughs> no, but I have to push a whole baby out of me. No, it basically comes out on its own. It really, your body just rejects it at the end. It's just like get out, get out, get out. <laughs> and I'm afraid of like the like ripping. Oh you, yeah, I would you, definitely be worried about that. <laughs> yeah, like these, that I'm worried about. I I think I'm more worried because I'm hoping I'm not going to feel anything during mm-hmm. the the delivery. I think I'm more worried about how much pain I'm going to be in afterwards. Yeah, I, I listen. If you have a nice natural birth, that should be you should have too much trouble. With that are you doing any prep stuff? Let's talk like adults for a second. Any okay. of that like oil massaging around your exit? Are you? No, I've never heard of that. Are you? Are you in <laughs> a whole bunch trying to keep things like loose? No, because everything is uncomfortable. Well, listen, you want your cake and you want to eat it too. Like you're, <laughs> you're gonna have to have some uncomfortable sex with your husband to get this together. Um, I think. Or by the way, you don't actually have to do it with him. You know what I'm saying? Um, but <laughs> if he's become a problem, <laughs> but <laughs> but no, I mean, are those things wives' tales? I, well, I've never heard that that helps. I've never heard the oil thing ever, ever. Right, and then I've never heard. I've heard that having sex couldn't do like couldn't make you have the baby, but I I haven't heard that it like <laughs> loosens you up <laughs> to get ready for the baby to come out. All right, hold on. I I've Googled. Okay. There are six things you can do now for a better delivery on your Labor Day. Find the right caregiver. Wait, this isn't eat well. Keep See, fit. This is bull. This is all we're, we're talking about. How do we take breathe this vagina <laughs> and make it more accepting of what's about to happen? Right, this is not. Let me be. Let me be more clear about my googling. Make <laughs> childbirth easier on my vagina. There we go. Vaginal stretching, how to stretch your vagina before giving birth. You got to Google more. Is that like kegels or whatever they're called? Is that what it is? Make everything tighter, isn't it? Oh, oh. Learn to push. I shouldn't do that. Learn to push during delivery, (laughs) lengthen pelvic muscles and soften tissue, practice getting into labor positions, practice relaxation techniques, prevent or treat urinary incontinence. Oh my God, you're not incontinent, are you? No. Not yet. How's your back pain? Anything? Yeah. Does sex hurt or did you just give up on trying? <laughs> don't, don't say. Your husband's lovely. Let's not say that he hasn't gotten laid in six months, okay? It, it'll be sad for him. Um, oh, here's my thing. Perineal massage. Perineal massage lengthens and softens the tissue of the perineum. You can start this at 35 weeks. How far are you? I'm 36 weeks. Thank God I'm here. There you Perform go. Perform this massage technique for 10 minutes once a day. Take a warm bath or hold a warm compress on the, it's perineum, right? I thought it was, yeah, perineum. Perineum. I don't know. I don't have one. Or do I? <laughs> I don't think I do. I don't know. Is it just a taint? What are we talking about here? For 10 minutes to help you relax before the massage, <laughs> I'm going to send you this link. Sit or lean back in a comfortable position. Put a water-soluble lubricant on your thumb and perineum, place your thumbs one to one and a half inches inside your vagina, press downward toward the rectum and to the sides until you feel a slight burning, stinging, or tingling sensation. Hold the pressure for two minutes until the area becomes numb. Oh, this sounds fun. Breathe, that sounds painful. Breathe, breathe deeply. Listen. Why do I want to put myself in more pain than I'm, I'm just going to still feel pain later on? Maybe this baby's going to fire out if you just loosen these muscles up. <laughs> Breathe deeply and concentrate on relaxing the muscles. As you continue to press down with your thumb, slowly and gently massage back and forth over the sides of your vagina. If you would have done this, you wouldn't have gotten pregnant. <laughs> you would have been like, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> the massage thing was enough. Thanks. Relax. Repeat this process once. After you give birth, you may experience new physical problems that prevent you from fully enjoying life with you. Wait, what? what? Hold on a second. Skip that part. Don't send me this link. <laughs> <laughs> it just talks about getting your body back into shape afterwards that that a physical therapist might help. But this massage thing, I'm telling you, this is all you have. You got to, gotta like, you know, when you get like a new baseball glove, 
<laughs> well, then my husband will be good at it. I'll have him do it. Yeah, tell him to get some oil out and, and beat that thing into shape so you can play with it on the 17th. I think that's what <laughs> we're talking about here. Oh, my God. I'm so happy I don't have a vagina. <laughs> I realized that as I was reading. I keep telling myself that people have, like, another child after the first, so it can't be that bad. Because why would they do it again? I think some women are trying to keep wealthy husbands. I think that's one thing. The women that are having babies because they want babies. Oh, because they love their babies. Oh, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it probably just feeds that dopamine part of your brain, right? If it was so terrible, then there would just be only children everywhere. Yeah. Right? Well, is listen, what I keep telling myself. 100%. And don't – listen, we're joking around a lot here. Of course, people have babies all the time, and it goes fine <laughs> most of the time. Uh, but, yeah, I listen, I think if you don't need um, – what is that word when there's uh, – when they uh, uh, when they cut to make the space? Oh, um, I, I don't – I know what you're talking about. I don't know what the word such is. A, such a silly word, too. I'll think of it in a second. It starts with a P. Program note, I realized it was episiotomy as soon as I said starts with a P, but then when I remembered what it was, it felt mean to say in front of Samantha. I'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> that doesn't happen, and if you don't poop yourself when you're pushing, I think you're doing really well. See, I'd be fine with that. That's not going to matter to me. <laughs> I like your line. It's a very, you're like, listen, if someone's got to clean that up, that's their problem, not mine. I'm, I'm paying to get in. <laughs> yeah, I'm paying plenty. Yeah. They can clean up my poop. <laughs> yeah exactly um all right uh jesus um (laughs) i think we're done sam (laughs) we'll we'll end on that we're a little early today but i feel like we've covered a lot um i didn't realize we'd be reading about the massage technique i just came up like because i remember hearing it somewhere i don't know if my wife did it or not i don't think she did or if she did she was like i don't need him for this um but but, i mean i just it makes sense right like if you were going to go for a run you'd stretch your legs right i mean yeah yeah logical (laughs) i will tell you this i don't think that your concerns are unfounded or unreasonable my daughter is 15 she has like zero, you know, besides thinking some boys are cute and something like that, she's not thinking about having a baby. But anytime the subject comes up, she immediately th- says, I'm adopting kids because I don't, yeah. I don't want anything to have to come out of my vagina. <laughs> and I'm like, you might change your mind. She goes, I really don't think I'm going to. It's <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's it. You're going to be great. Yeah, I can do it. <laughs> hey, listen, you're going to do it. <laughs> so, I have to do it now. It's way too late. <laughs> yeah, you, you, backing out now would be uh, unprecedented uh, in the history of the world, I think. Uh, you're definitely <laughs> having a baby. Let's talk a little bit before we go about, I mean, I feel like, I, I don't feel like we can jinx the last three weeks of your pregnancy. Um, mm. Do you spend much time thinking about your first pregnancy? Um, or does it just make you feel like, I, I maybe um, I I don't think I spend time thinking, well, it's it's a little bit, this is like, I was pregnant in January, February, March, April, May last time. So it's kind of that time zone and it's getting to April's when my diagnosis anniversary is. Right. So it, it kind of brings up the thoughts, but I don't think we're really thinking about the actual pregnancy rather than just like her the fact that like we were supposed to have another baby before this and she's not here and like like we just kind of think I don't know it's hard it's hard to not like compare that technically this could have been like our second child you know yeah no I think I mean I don't understand from con, you know, from context, I obviously it hasn't happened to us, but I feel like I understand what you're saying. Like, even though your daughter was never born, it doesn't feel like she didn't exist. Is that yeah, that sort of yeah. Thing? She she's still very much like a person to us, right. and we say that she's up watching over us, and like she'll be 
watching over Harrison and she's very she's very much a part of our family even though she never like took a breath. Does she have a name in your mind? Yeah, her name was going to be Elena. Wow, that's really pretty. That's lovely. And then I mean we even have like I don't know if I had said it in the first episode but the doctors made her footprints for us. So we have her footprints like framed in our bedroom. Mm-hmm. And we have her ashes. So, like, she is a person to us. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I, uh, I, don't think that's, um, I don't think that's something anybody could argue with. You know, just uh, the idea that, that you were going to have a baby. And just because she didn't make it all the way to the world doesn't make any of that less anything, you know? Yeah. Well, you guys are doing great. You really are. You, you've Thank you. rebounded from, you know, a, a tragedy and turned it right around. It must've been incredibly scary to try to have a baby again. And then to have diabetes on top of all that is, uh, I mean, it's, it's stressful. It's a lot. Yeah. But you're doing it. Yep. Right. Yes, that is, I am doing it. <laughs> That's sort of the truth, right? Like, yeah, you, know, you hear people say things like, you know, just try it. You'll see, you know, that kind of stuff, like anything's accomplishable. And I have found that in my life. Just, yeah, Sometimes just and it's, it's completely doable. I I want people to know that you, just because you have type 1 diabetes doesn't mean you can't get pregnant. I've had people tell me that their doctors have told them because you have type 1, like that sole reason alone, you cannot get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I think that's terrible of a doctor to even say, because if my doctors had said that to me, then we wouldn't be here. And both my doctors were very um, supportive. And they told me as long as I manage it to the point like where I needed a management, um, pregnancy is completely doable without complications. Yeah, I, I no lie. Um, I get a lot of emails from people who say that the they can now have kids because they listen to the podcast and they got their A1C down and their blood sugars are more stable and stuff like that. But Almost every one of their notes includes some statement about they didn't think they could ever have a baby or a, do- or a doctor told them they couldn't. Listen, I don't know when this will come out in the timeline, but since i pretty comfortable yours will be out soon, um, mm-hmm. I've been helping my daughter's friend, Yanni. So Arden met a girl online years ago, and they've been friends you know, for a while. They've never met in person. Um but Yanni and Arden are the same age, and Yanni's had diabetes for six years. And so there was times where Arden would come to me and say, I think Yanni needs help. Like her blood sugars are high a lot. And Arden was concerned for her, but it didn't feel like anybody's business. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so one time I just said to her, like, look, if you want to, because they were comparing their blood sugars. And so, you know, I said, if you, t- you want to tell her I can help her, just, you know, have her ask. But I wasn't going to push it on her. I wanted somebody Mm -hmm. to ask me. I don't know why that seemed to make a difference to me, but eventually it came up and we started talking about it right before Christmas. And about four weeks ago, she and I spoke for the first time and I've been recording with her like 10 or 15 minutes at a time, a couple of times. Oh yeah. So she went yesterday, yesterday. Yeah. She went to her, she got her A1C done yesterday. Now this is not a full A1C after she and I have spoken. It's four weeks after she and I spoke. And her A1C went down two points. Oh, wow. From the last time. And so to tell somebody, you know, your, you know, your blood sugars don't support having a baby, that might be true in the moment, but here's the rest of the statement. You know, like, here's what we could do to get your blood sugar into a place where you could have a baby. And by the way, enjoy your life more and be healthier. I think that's the most important thing from like, hopefully people are getting from listening to at least at the very least, like my episodes, like it's completely doable without any complications and to have, I mean, despite having to deal with the diabetes to have a completely normal pregnancy. Yeah. I'm super excited for you. This is really great. I'm, I feel like I'm having a baby a little bit. <laughs> I'll send you a picture in three weeks. Oh yeah. hundred percent. That's what my endo, I'm not going to see my endo again until the end of April. And he said that I just need to make sure I text him a picture of the baby. That's so nice. It's cool too. You have so many different people like thinking of you and supporting you and everything. That must be helpful as well. 
Yes, definitely. Yeah. The only difference between you having this baby and me being involved is that on the 18th, I'm not going to be tired. (laughs) Well, hopefully the 18th, I'll already have the child by then. Well, let me give your husband a tiny bit of advice here. The night you have the baby um, and they get you up to move around the room and there's not a lot of space. So he sits down on your bed for a little while. (laughs) Don't do that. Don't fall asleep. Um, oh yeah, because I might have done that after our after our. Oh no! I, like I got in the bed and I was like, and she's the other day. She's like, I can't believe you fell asleep that, again, fifteen years ago. And I said, uh, I was tired. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> she's like, I just had a baby, and I said, Kelly, I know I've said this to you a million times, right? But just because you're tired doesn't mean I'm not tired. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, so you understand? You're we were tired. Just, yeah, your struggle doesn't negate mine. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think she, I don't think she accepted that by the way as a, as a no. viable excuse but anyway i was sleepy and it turns out i used to have really low iron so this isn't my fault at all oh there you go see i have good i have valuable medical reasoning i could get a doctor's note for that i should you should the next time i go in for an iron infusion i'm going to get the doctor to write a note back on the date arden was born excusing me for falling asleep I don't think it's going to matter much, but good luck. <laughs> I'm trying to win. We're in a point system here. We've been married a long time. I'm way behind, okay? <laughs> All right, Santa. I hope the I, I hope everything goes great. I'm sure that baby's going to fly out. You're going to be fine. There's no going to be any problems. And Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And I am sending you this stuff for the massage. I'll take care okay. of it. I'm sending out. I'll send you the text. So, okay. And if you do it, you have to tell me. <laughs> yeah, it'll be. It hurt a lot, and it still freaking hurt when I gave birth. All right, that seems fair. <laughs> All right, happy birth. I will uh, talk to you soon. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. A huge thank you to Samantha for coming on again to describe her journey through pregnancy. She's going to be back one more time a few months after she has Harrison to tell us what it's like to be a new parent with type 1 diabetes. Huge thank you to the Contour Next One blood glucose meter. Please go to contournextone.com to find out more. And of course, Touched by Type 1. When you go to touchedbytype1.org, you're going to see an organization helping children and people living with type 1 diabetes. You're going to find an organization that's helping to raise money for a cure and so much more. Touchedbytype1.org. Give them a look. Once again, I want to thank the Georgia chapter of the JDRF for having me down to Atlanta this past weekend. I had a terrific time. met a ton of wonderful people. I want to wish you all uh, success if you're listening for the first time here. Hello. Coming up in the next couple of episodes, a two-part conversation about looping. Coming soon. Maybe it'll be Friday. Maybe it'll be next week. I haven't decided yet, but I'm getting close to deciding. Anyway, it's going to be really soon. Done. Done. Do you think I have a future in this ASMR thing where I could just make like relaxing sounds into a microphone? That would be so much easier than interviewing people. I don't even know how to begin to do that. What would I do? Would I whisper? I don't think I can whisper. Hello. You're listening to the Juice Box Podcast. Today on the show, I definitely can't whisper. It makes me like shorter breath whispering. I need to like fill my lungs and go. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't do that. All right. I've fallen down a rabbit hole here. ASMR stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. The Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response, sometimes Autosensory Meridian Response, is a tingling sensation that typically, be, excuse me, that typically begins on the scalp and moves down the back of the neck and upper spine. A pleasant form of parathesis, parathesia, parathesia, I think. It has been compared with auditory tactile synesthesia, and may overlap with frisian. Oh, well, hell, now I don't know what frisian means. Give me a second.
Frisian? Is that a made-up word? A sudden strong feeling of excitement or fear, a thrill. And that just comes from like, well, what's an example of ASMR then? All right, people, give me a second. It's a video here. I'm listening to a video from Mashable. Get to it, man. What does it mean? Common triggers. Here we go. Whispering. Crisp sounds like tapping and crinkling. Hold on. Wait, you have to role play and pretend you're doing it? Like, I'm not doing that. This is like a whole business. Not everybody gets the sensations from the trigger sounds, the video says. Well, it's definitely not doing anything for me, so. Yeah, I thought I could make a little extra money on the side here. By the way, if you're still listening, examine your life. I don't even mean because of the ASMR. I just mean like, I mean, the, the part about the diabetes has been over for a while now. All right, let's keep going. Ooh, ooh, here's an idea. Let me try this. No, that's not working. It's not as easy as it looks. How about this? Okay. I'm done.